All right, I'm back again. It's a new day. I'm not wearing the same shirt. Still haven't shaved yet, but uh, I will probably tomorrow. <laughs> uh, my father-in-law, thank you very much, Rick. Um, he gave me some Dollar Club shave razors, so which is great because that's what I use. They should honestly sponsor me at this point. I mean, I've talked about you know Dollar Shave Club kind of inadvertently a couple times now but yeah I use your razors they're dope um, I have new ones on the way but luckily I convinced my my father-in-law a while ago to, to get Dollar Shave Club razors and he did and now he has extras for me so it's it's awesome now I can finally clean up my uh, my beard um, anyway joking aside uh, this podcast or this rant or whatever it's not even really gonna be a rant it's just basically a, a, a thank you even though I'm, I'm probably gonna call this a Cronus rant um, but I'm gonna rant about being hopeful in uh, certain aspects and just to say thank you to everybody that's been listening to these and giving me continual positive feedback I really really appreciate it I don't think uh, you really know how much I appreciate it like the amount of love and respect that people have have given me and other people of color and just have really stood for human rights and being anti-racist and just getting out there and being on the forefront of just trying to put a stop to this utter nonsense that America is going through today I see you and I appreciate it and I will I will, actually, I was gonna wait till the end of the, of the this whole talk, but I'm gonna just do it from the from the beginning, so you know that I see what you're doing, and I think it's awesome, and I thank you for it. So, uh, Victor from VZA, thank you very much. You're probably one of the first people um, in the comment section from one of my first videos doing this when I put my foot down and you know decided to just get you know my opinions out there and my stories out there for, so people can understand so I can get an open dialogue out there a positive open dialogue out there for people and even though you know I you know I did some react videos that are negative towards a certain person but it's positive for America right but he was one of the first people that, that commented on the video and he's like this is what we need and thank you because um, I thought this this is what we needed as well but I didn't know if you know, other people thought that way. So, thank you very much, um, Matt from Pre-Recorded Live. Um, actually, I was just talking to him literally before I started recording this, and um, thank you very much. It's funny because he messaged me privately, and he put he he messaged me twice, and then after that he he said something, and I didn't see his first two texts, and so I was commenting like kind of laughing about what he was saying. But it was like his first two texts were the meat and potatoes of what he was talking about. And I literally just saw it before I started uh, doing this. He's basically like, what can you do to help? Which um, I'll get into later. Uh, Matt is a good person. I mean, he's, he's going to be doing the right thing anyway. But, you know, I helped him with, with what little that I could, what little advice that I, I could give, you know, as just a normal guy. You know, I'm not some civil rights leader. I'm not some, you know... I'm a leader, but it's not like I'm not that kind of leader. You know, like I, I lead on technical stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm a relatively intelligent guy, 
but when it comes to like this sort of leading thing, like this is normally I'm not that guy, but apparently at this point in time I have to be that guy. So it's kind of strange for me to do, but somebody's got to do it. And hopefully I'll get a little bit more into that later um, on what I want to see um, happen to these to these movements that are happening right now. Because um, I have hope for these movements now. I didn't previously, but with what's going on now, I have some hope. Anyway, back to my list. Uh, my mother-in-law, she reached out to me a, a bunch of times. Um, and we had some, some pretty cool conversations. And... She is a caretaker for for my adopted daughter, and she's realizing now that, you know, my adopted daughter being, you know, of African descent, that she's going to have a different experience than her daughter did, because, you know, my my mother-in-law, she's Caucasian, so she's going to have a a different, probably, more than likely, a different experience than what she had. And so now she's like, you know, doing research, and it's like, cool, you know, that's, this is what, this is a failure on my part, these are things that I should have talked about with my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my girlfriend, a long time ago, and I would urge any person of color that is uh, dating or married or in a serious relationship with somebody that, you know, is is Caucasian to just, to talk to them about your experience of what it was like to be a person of color. You know, if, if you're going to get serious with them, you need to talk to them about that so they can understand you better and understand that your experience and their experience are likely vastly different. And even though they're different, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think you should both just talk about it and just understand like what your upbringing was. You know, I think that's important. I really do. And I think that it would be, it would make our society better if we all understood each other, like, a lot better. That's my honest opinion. So, um, Andrea, no, I'm not going to give out last names. Everybody that I'm saying, you know who you are, because, you know, you know me, obviously. Um, Andrea reached out to me earlier because her son is is a a young man and he's dating uh, a person of African descent. And right now, their communication lines are uh, minimal because of what's going on. And so she was asking me for advice on, like, how to, you know, get them kind of reengaged. And I gave some advice, and, I, you know, hopefully they can get reengaged. But I'm, I'm going to go back to it starts with communication. You need to understand why they aren't communicating, and you need to, to at least let them feel safe with um, you and your son, you know, I think that certain people of color are still going to be extremely apprehensive with, you know, Caucasians, especially right now, because you you might not know who's an ally and who's not at this point in time. And for certain people, I mean, even me included, it's just, it's a scary time having young children that are people of color. You don't know if the person that they're interacting with might be on the other side of of your belief system, you know, and you don't want to have any part of that. But if you can reassure them that, hey, you know, we are, you know, willing to listen to you and to your experiences, I think that would that would be a step in the right direction. I'm not trying to use extremes here. 
I'm trying to use just a basic form of how to heal America, and it starts with communications. So if you can do that and they're willing to, to talk to you, I would start there. And that's that's what I explained to her, and I, I hope that, you know, that it's advice that will work. I can't guarantee that it'll work because I don't know where their headspace is right now. They might be going through something horrific right now, and I just, I just don't know. So it might not work. I cannot guarantee these things, all right? But it's a good first step. And it's generally speaking, as far as, far as um, I'm concerned, it's it's a pretty safe first step, just wanting to communicate and wanting to learn their experience. I don't think that people would be angry about that. At least, I mean, they shouldn't be. They'd be, to me, be pretty unreasonable to be upset about somebody trying to learn more about you and your life experience. Okay. Um, ben, um, thank you very much for reaching out to me and, and asking me some, uh, some some really cool questions. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Steve, you know, we, we had some fun and we, we, we didn't meet in Vegas, but we pretty much met, like we got to learn more about each other in Vegas because he was, um, not the best man, but he was on the, he was a groomsman. There we go. He was a groomsman for blues, um, wedding when he got married. And so we went to Vegas and we party and stuff and we got to learn about each other and, and he's going through some, uh, some potentially rough times right now and you know he reached out to me and was like he was really cool about you know like what he said and, and I just I, I really appreciate when you reach out and you listen to what I say and you, you at least try to understand like that's really cool uh, Jay who um, if these are going in order the rant that I just did previous to this one should be about um a civil like how to basically have a civil discourse so hopefully i answered your questions about civil discourse um thank you for asking that question it's a very important question especially because when he asked the question it was literally a day or two after i had uh a civil discourse breakdown with somebody um and i talk about that in the last one so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rehash it um if you want to hear about it listen listen to the last one it probably be this one should be three the last one should be two um Mike, thank you very much for reaching out to me. Really appreciate it. You know what I'm talking about. We served in the Marine Corps together. Uh, and it's funny because to, to, like, I can tell, like, because we're, we're typing back and forth. And I can tell it's difficult for him to, like, ask me certain questions. And I totally get that, man. But just feel free to ask. I'm, I'm not going to be offended if you ask me, you know, questions. I, I know you, man. Um, you're a good dude. So I appreciate that you even recognize that what you're asking makes you uncomfortable you know and some some of the stuff might make me uncomfortable too but i'm going to answer because i know that what you're asking me is genuine and you really want to know so i'm going to answer it as genuinely as possible um eric who is also known as devil tank on the podcast who will have on the podcast one of these days he's the guy that actually does all of the timestamps for the podcast now he reached out to me and we had a really good conversation, you know, and, and he's a, he's also a person of color, you know, and his experience and my experience growing up were different because we're, we're all different. Okay. We all live different experiences and these experiences that I'm realizing more and more, they need to be told. So people understand that we're different, but we're still all Americans and we're still, you know, we're still pushing forward. You know, if I think totally ignoring somebody's human experience is where the problem starts. 
and the fact that I'm seeing these people just reach out and being really appreciative appreciative of my human experience as an African American man, uh, it's it's very it it's very heartwarming. It makes me like like pretty emotional about it, um, and I really appreciate it. Uh, I had to do on here twice. I don't know why why I had him on on here twice. That's funny though. And then Ray, who I, I went to, uh, we grew up in, in in Newark together. Well, we didn't we, we didn't grow up here together. Actually, we kind of did. I mean, we multiple years he was my friend here in Newark. It was m- mainly through high school. So um, he's a good dude, um, and you know he's another person that is is pushing me to tell more of these stories and like really appreciating what I'm doing. So so thank you very much for for doing that. And because of that. You're getting more of these, and I would like to give. If I had an award to give out, um, I I I'd give it out to a, a friend of mine named Nicole. Holy shit, we went to high school together, and I had no idea. So we went to high school together. She's a, a Caucasian woman. She has kids. She lives out, and it's not Brentwood. I can't remember exactly where she lives because I've never been to her house, even though I always say I want to go because I see pictures all the time. She does my my girlfriend's hair. She does my my oldest daughter's hair. She does awesome work. She's obviously a, a hairstylist. Or if I said that wrong, I'm sorry. All right. She, she does hair and she's good at it. I don't know the proper term. Hopefully it's hairstylist and I didn't offend her. <laughs> so, but we knew of each other, you know, in high school. Uh, we hung out a couple times because she went to the senior or junior prom. I think it was senior prom or something like that with Blue. All right. And that was a long time ago. And she's, she's married now with kids. And I watched this person go from, from what I saw anyway, just like a semi-normal person to like watching the seeds of anti-racism and just human rights champion in the matter of days. And it has been amazing to read her just torch motherfuckers on on chat. And I'm I'm sitting there in awe, like, holy crap, like she hit the ground running with this. And she doesn't she literally has has no fucks to give when somebody's putting out some racist nonsense and Watching her just tear apart people and just like unfriend people, it's like, damn. I I appreciate what you're doing. And it's like it's when you see somebody with literally somebody who traditionally has no skin in the game, no skin in the game whatsoever, to get up there and be a champion on these rights like this has been so awesome to me. Um I appreciate it, you know. I I really do. I I, I see what you're doing, and I, I understand, you know, your rage obviously. And I, I really appreciate that you're, you're you're listening, you're paying attention to other human beings that are living a different experience than you are, and you have had enough, and you're not putting up with it anymore. So thank you very much. And also, I would like to, if I could also give a medal to somebody, you know, be my girlfriend. K Mac is. You know, she, she she's had to had she's she's had a bunch of these uh, 
ethnic issues dumped on her in a very short span of time. And she's handled it pretty well. I mean, there's been, you know, tearful nights and stuff like that. But for the most part, she's been handling herself very well. And I think that part of the reason why it's so emotional for her to like listen to, like, to stuff like this is because I haven't done my job to explain what life was like for me as a young man, as a kid, and as an adult. And I explained it previously on on other talks that I would just, you know, I have very thick skin. And I think that that is likely to my detriment when it comes to issues like this. Because I'll just let stuff just slide off me, you know. But not recognizing that the things that slide off me will extremely harm somebody else that looks like me that could fuck up their whole month you know but for me I'm just like you know whatever man so I'm realizing that now and I, like as I said before I'm taking steps to call out bullshit racism as I see it and I'm not going to let it stand because the the person that is you know doing these things might they might do it to me and I might ignore it but then the next person they do it to that could fuck up their whole life you know the, you know they could fuck up for a while and that is not acceptable to me anymore so hopefully um, seeing all these protests seeing all these people just standing up for human rights you know Hopefully this is going to spell the end to part of America that needs that should have been ended hundreds of years over a hundred years ago. It should have been ended, and it didn't. But people are are standing up and seeing the the actual problem now. Like their 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 eyes have been opened, and some people choose to still ignore. You are part of the problem. If you choose to still ignore these problems, you are part of the problem, and. Normally, I don't like using uh, phrases like that because I don't like black and white statements. But if you don't, it, but if you saw the murder of George Floyd and you didn't comment on it at all, and then you see people people rioting and you know, you know, looting and stuff like that, and then you post post on that, I mean. There was a human life that was lost that caused all of this. Shouldn't that, shouldn't that matter as well? You know, I mean, that a human life is worth more than some shirts, some jewelry, a twenty dollar a counterfeit bill. It's worth more than that. The man had a family, but people out there do these mental backflips and make it seem like you know, you loot, we shoot. You know, I understand that people that are looting are, you know, they're not doing the right thing. I totally get that. But stealing, like, let me just do a thought experiment for anybody that's listening to this. If I was to go into a store and I stole something, should I be, should I be killed for that if I stole something? Really think about that. Should I be killed for stealing something? 
If your answer is yes, the fuck is wrong with you? Should I, should I be, should I be prosecuted with a crime? Yes. Would the, would the crime be, would it be death? Would, would that be the ultimate resolution to me stealing something? Would it be death? That's what you loot, we shoot means to me. It means that property that has a, a monetary value is more, worth more than human life. And I, and I totally understand that looting is bad. I get that. I don't want people to loot. But at the same time, saying, you know, you loot, we shoot, that is saying that property is more important than human life. And I want you to understand that. And if you don't get it, just turn this off. I have nothing more to say to you. Human life is precious. Okay? You loot, we shoot mentality leads to a man kneeling on a person's neck for nine minutes, hearing his pleas, and just ignoring it because he might have counterfeited a $20 bill. That's what that means. That's where it can lead to, and that's what it did lead to. Understand the gravity of that. That's why people are angry. You know? I'm going to try to get back to Hope, though. Sorry I went a little dark there. But those are my honest thoughts about the the looting that I do want to stop. I want the riots to stop. I want the looting to stop. But we have peaceful protests where people are still getting shot by the police. It's it's crazy to me. And, and yes, I recognize that some folks have died from the riots. And that is horrific to me. Let me be very clear to you. It's horrific. When I say human lives are precious, I mean their lives too. Okay? If rioters kill somebody, fuck them. That's a human life. I understand. Those people are pieces of garbage. They are no better than the officer that killed George Floyd. They killed a person for basically it's almost I don't, know, I don't want to say no reason but it's not a good enough reason for me you know you shouldn't be killing people because somebody else died like that uh, especially somebody that you don't know and somebody that you're just out there acting a fool trying to take advantage of this situation in these peaceful protests that makes you a piece of shit in my mind if you're out there committing acts of violence alright those people should definitely be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But if you want to sit there and equate those same people with people that have stolen property, um, that they should all be shot and killed, then we're not, we're not on the same wavelength at all. And um, I don't think... It, it would take an extraordinary amount of explanation. If somebody would like to explain it to me and have um, a civil discourse on this issue, we can talk about it. But you're going to really need to think hard about is personal property or a property of a corporation, a store, worth more than human life. So if you want to have a civil discourse with me, you better have a pretty damn good answer to that question. And I'm talking about airtight. It better be something I never heard of because thus far, the excuses that I've heard have been sorely lacking.
Okay, they they don't they don't reach my my test of morality. And if you come on here and you use some of the same arguments that I've heard, I'm going to call you out and you're going to look foolish. But it's out there. If you want to talk about it, we will talk about it in a civil manner. But you you will likely come out of this looking foolish. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave that there. So to make this a little bit I don't know how much I don't even know how much time I have. This is the weird thing is when I record these is that I have literally no idea how long it's going. Oh wait, I do. I just found it. Literally, while I'm recording this, I found the actual numbers. So yeah, it's getting a little long for what I want to talk about, but. Um, Hope is still an important thing. And seeing, like, all of you stand up for us. I think before, the reason why this didn't... I'm going to rewind a little bit. And I'm going to be honest with you. I try to come and do these things as genuinely as possible. When Black Lives Matter first came out, I was uh, I was not a fan, to be honest. And if somebody's mad, they're like, Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I get it. You know? Uh... I was just like, yeah. I mean, I know Black Lives Matter. I think this is the problem. Obviously, I fucking know Black Lives Matter because I'm, I'm fucking African-American. You know, I get it. Black Lives Matter. You know? And I also see violence perpetrated on other ethnicities. Uh, however, obviously, it's disproportionately done to people that look like me. So, and if somebody out there that like, gives a statistic. So, if somebody's out there about to, like, pull out some stat of how many people that died last year from police violence that were Caucasian... And then people that die from, from police violence that are African-American. And that the number for the Caucasians are higher. It's for a reason. Look up statistics. You can Google it. Actually go to a class for it. Educate yourself. There's more Caucasians in America. Duh. It would be higher. Like, <laughs> you know, I get that. Yeah, it would be higher. Statistically speaking, though, if, if you're an African-American man, you're more likely to get shot by the cops. You are. You're more likely to be killed by them and brutalized by them. Because there, there are less of us than there are of you. And this is, this is one of the reasons why um, the Black Lives Matter thing to me uh, was kind of... The reason why it didn't reach any um, real success, in my opinion, back when this first started, is because not enough people understood the plight of African Americans. Okay. And I think that. The Black Lives Matter movement. When it first started. For some reason. I, it, maybe it, it, it likely was not. The fault of the movement. But people's eyes were not open. When I see Black Lives Matter now. Listen to me. What they're saying is. We need help. We need help from you. That's what they're saying. Okay, that's what we're saying is we need help. We only make up, I think it's between like 14 and 18 percent of the population. It's a very small percentage. Meanwhile, police brutality against us is, is extremely high. And if you want to if you want to sit there and quote the uh, black on black blinds thing. OK, I guess. We are still being brutalized by the police. OK. The black and black violence thing. Yeah, it's true. I understand that. But there's also a whole bunch of things that you don't understand. You know, the fact that we were redlined into neighborhoods that um, 
that are food deserts where you can't find decent food, that have the shittiest education in America, you know, that have the, the lowest income families, they have the lowest income jobs, you know, you put anybody in the situations and they're, they're not going to do, they're not going to do well. Look at any Caucasian that lives in a trailer park. Look how they're doing. You think they're doing great? No, they're not. Look at their violence numbers. It's pretty similar to ours. But there's so many, there's so many other Caucasian Americans that are, that are living better lives that it, it washes all that information out. But there's way more people of color, especially African Americans and, you know, Native Americans and Mexican Americans um, that live in these areas where they are disadvantaged from the get-go. And that's what people need to understand. And I think that with the... And, and also people, they didn't understand how how bad we were brutalized by the police. You know, when we had Trevor Martin, there was no video. When we had... Um, I've got to remember all these names now. There, there's so many. Um, there's a whole bunch of acts of police violence where there's no videos, where there's conveniently cameras that were turned off or it, it, it was in the past where there was no videos available. But now we have videos of this. And now people see it, that we're not lying about police brutality. And when they watched a, a man die for nine minutes, I think that's when people are like, oh, shit. Like, this is real? And now everybody is looking at, you know, they're doing their research. And the fact that, you know, I, I can prove they're doing their research. If you, if you go on Amazon, like their book section, I mean, let me make sure I'm not bullshitting right now, but I'm pretty sure the highest books that are on there are books that have to do with racism, it, it, except for um, uh, my my man uh, Aileron Kong, Doctor Aileron Kong, the father of uh, American Lit RPG, and he's a guy that write he writes books about uh, like literary RPGs, and they're they're awesome books. Like they, his most recent one came out today. Um, if you want to support um, an African American man. Uh, that is not owned by a company. He he self publishes. He has uh, eight excellent books right now. They're, it's called the Land series, and it's great. If you like the Ready Player One, right up your alley. So um, let me look up the actual books. Uh, bestsellers. Yeah, this is this is the best thing ever. Hold on, let me get my stuff in order here so people can see. Actually, no, I can just say it. All right. So number one in uh, Audible right now is White Fragility. Number two, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Number three, Secret Letter. Number four, Me and White Supremacy. Number five, my man, Dr. Aileron Kong. And obviously it has nothing to do with racism for him, but this is a black man that is writing excellent books and the fact that he is... The fact that this book is so high on, on Audible during this time is insane to me. This, this book would have probably been number one had this that this not occurred but number five is awesome and i just it just dropped yesterday um i'm listening through a book right now and as soon as i'm finished with that one that's my next book so and obviously i'm eight deep in the series uh number six is so i want to talk about race so i mean number seven is the battle of songbirds and snakes i think that is one of the hunger games books yes it is uh number eight is the new jim crow you know these are i listen to all those books number ten is Ta-Nehisi Coates, Between the World and Me. The vast majority of the books in the top ten are about 
ethnic issues. They're, they're about racism. How awesome is that? People are educating themselves. They're opening their eyes on how America really is for other Americans that don't look like them. And this is going to ch this is hopefully going to change America. I have high hopes for this now. Watching people protect, watching people that are Caucasian step in front of African Americans to stop police brutality is one of the most beautiful things that I've seen ever. You're protecting somebody's life with your life. There are very few things that are, are of higher moral character than doing that. Putting your own life at risk to save somebody that you know is at risk. That is... That is awesome. So, I would like to thank all of you that, that are listening to these, that have interacted with me, that are, that are fighting the fight with us. You know, this is, I'm doing what I can, and this is it. This is it right now. I, I can't go out and protest because... COVID-19 is still going on, and I live with somebody at risk. So I, I can't get out there. I, I can't have uh, my girlfriend possibly get sick. You know, I, I rarely go out. And when, when I do go out, it's it's an insane endeavor. Like, literally, if I have to go to, if I have to, if I have to, go to the store, which is few and far between, usually I do um, Instacart or something like that. But even when I do Instacart, when I do Instacart, this is my life, okay? I do Instacart. To put everything down, you know, on my porch, I have to put down. I cut. I have to cut up large trash bags. I put them on the floor in my kitchen, and I disinfect every single thing that comes in the house. Every single thing that comes in the house. And once I'm, if things that are in a box that I can put in a different container, I put them in those containers, and then everything that's on top of that that plastic bag, I put it all. I pick it all up and I throw it away, and then I have to disinfect myself. And everything that I touched. That's my life. To save a single life. Actually, not even a single life. Cause, because, you know, I, my youngest daughter, not, you know, my, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, they're at risk too. So it's to save their lives. So it's, it's mainly three lives that I'm trying to save here by trying to stay safe. So I'm doing what I can, you know, to, uh, to stay as safe as possible and keep my family as safe as possible. So, because I can't go out and protest, you get this. This is an, and this is I'm doing what I can do, and people seem to have positive feelings about it. So I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. You know, I actually had fun the other day doing the react video to uh, what President Trump said. I mean, it was. It was fun only because I, I went back and watched it and it was kind of hilarious to me, like how I kind of clowned the dude. But um, if you want to have like one of the more funny, you know, react videos, watch me talk about President. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I get very serious at certain points, but um, there's certain points that are that are that are pretty funny, at least to me. But, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can, laugh, who can you laugh at? I'm just saying. Um, all right. Getting kind of long. I just want to do one of these tonight. Um I look forward to doing more in the future. If there's, if there's anything you want me to talk about, um, let me know. I know that I had a conversation with Steve, who's listening to these, who's actually, I think he's on a, on a social media blackout, but he did comment on, uh, on my YouTube video. 
And I think that there needs to be a conversation had about um, internal racism in America. And what I mean by that is that there are people that look like me that are racist against me. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, um, if you're a Caucasian or even a person, every person of color probably knows what I'm talking about, uh, is that we get comments from people that look like us that will say, oh, you know, your skin's too light. Oh, well, your skin's too dark. Oh, well, you know, you don't speak our native tongue. Oh, well, you know, you speak too white. You speak too white. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Are you serious? That's the kind of internal racism that is part of the problem, in my opinion. My honest opinion. And so, I will likely do another rant on that. On how we can heal ourselves internally and stop um, doing this bullshit to ourselves. Like, we can all be individuals. We are not all of the same mind. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you don't agree with me and you look like me, that's fine. Do your own thing. I don't expect you, I don't expect everybody on this planet to think like me. I hope you don't. You know, I don't want, I don't want a planet full of me's. Who the fuck would I talk to? <laughs> I don't want to talk to just me. You know, I like having different opinions. You know, and if you have a different opinion, you know, it's fine. If you want to talk to me about it, totally fine. Just keep it civil. That's all I ask for. Just keep it civil. Um... Yeah, I think with that, I try to end on a high note all the time. On the last one, I talked about how I, I totally get like the whole catchphrase bullshit thing now. Um, but yeah, just keep being decent to each other. Understand your fellow citizens. Uh, try to understand them more if you can. Open up commu communication lines. And understand that people might have had a different experience than you. It might have been harder. And for people of color, there's somebody that's Caucasian that could have had a worse life than you as well. Remember that shit. All right. If someone, if somebody was Caucasian and they were poor in America, especially in certain parts of America, they could have had either as shitty a life as you or a much shittier life than you. And we need to recognize that as well, you know, because it, it, poverty kind of trumps everything. Like if if you're poor, you're you know you're just as fucked. You really are. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna hit many of the same issues as poor people of color many of them maybe not all of them but the vast majority of them okay so just recognize that be decent all right this rant is over have hope peace man at last has succeeded in penetrating further and further into the unknown vastness of space yet many questions remain unanswered Thank you.